welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I are here to preview the final series of the NHL playoffs, the Winnipeg Jets against the Calgary Flames. And to do that with us, we have Randy Workman. He is a, a blogger of all things NHL and has been focusing on the Flames and the Leafs as well. And so we brought him in to chat about this series as as we preview it for you. So, uh, Randy, welcome to the show. We're we're happy that you you hopped on with us to share all your Flames knowledge, and uh, we'll we'll jump right in as we have on all our other previews, where we're just gonna we're gonna hit offense, defense, goaltending, and special teams, and just break down these teams. Uh, any any unique stats that we have, we'll just kind of throw out along the way. And with that said, Randy, I'll, I'll give you the first word on these the, this series. What are your thoughts uh, going into the, whenever the playoffs start, going into the playoffs? My first thoughts is I think the Jets will win it. And the main reason why I do, guys, is because they're too big, too fast, and they have a goaltender that's probably, in my honest opinion, is in the top four in the league. Well, I won't disagree with you there. I mean, you've heard um, me toot his horn many times. Connor Halbuck uh, is my jam. And, well, uh, he, yeah, and there's a good reason for that. There really is. And Calgary, all they've got is a very, very um, inconsistent Reddick and a more consistent Talbot. But for some reason, I don't know why, Talbot doesn't get enough action. Riddick does. I guess we want to make it more exciting for the other team. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd say definitely goaltending wise. All right, well, that's that's a great place to start since we're there. Yep. Uh, goaltending wise, obviously, this is one where one team has a significant advantage. Oh, and oh, I know oh, Justin has been a, a Hellebuck guy before Hellebuck was even born. I think <laughs> so. I, I Justin, when you think about like a Dave Riddich, he's fine. You know, a decent goaltender. Actually, yeah. Talbot has had better better in-game stats. Not that that yes, he does. isn't yeah. always indicative of how a guy actually will play, but uh, he's nope. looked okay this regular season in a backup role, which is probably yeah. where Talbot should be. He's had his best seasons as a backup. Uh, yes, he has. Yeah. But I don't think we're going. We're not going away from Riddich and, and Hellebeck. I think that's where we're going to at least uh, that's start. That's where we're going. That's where we're going to start. Yeah, I think yep. when you look at the Calgary Flames, right, the big thing to keep in mind is the future of this franchise. And I think Calgary would like to see Riddick take the helm and, and be the guy moving forward, especially, I mean, you consider yep. Talbot, he's a UFA after the season. Um, yes, he is. We've got know, a lot of decisions about him. Yeah, a lot of decisions to make about whether or not you resign a guy like that, who, again, as a backup, has been very, very serviceable and is you know, had opportunities to be a starter in Edmonton. So, you know, there's that security. If maybe Riddick doesn't work out, you can go to this guy. Um, However, focusing in on the playoffs, I think when you look at a guy like Dave Riddick, again, last year didn't get the, didn't get the starts. It was all Mike Smith and who did a fantastic job, I think for the Calgary flames, but he's money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see if he gets, it gets the job here in Edmonton, but back to Riddick, I think the the bigger concern is, you know, do you, do you kind of slight this guy again and say, you're not going to be the guy who we're starting with. We're going to go with Cam Talbot because he's had the better numbers during the regular season. Or do you go with Riddick because he's going to be your guy after the season to to take the bulk of those starts? And you don't really want to, you know, goaltenders are a, a finicky player, and you know, mentally there's oh, a yes. lot that goes into it. 
And, well, uh, you're absolutely right. That's your main concern. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, ahead. no, no. You're good. And I, I completely agree. I think, you know, for me, it's it's David Riddick for the Calgary Flames just because, again, he's the guy after the season. You know who's going to be there. You know, Talbot's, again, a UFA. We don't know if he's going to resign, if he's going to look elsewhere. You know, maybe to a team like Detroit who needs a starter, he gets more of an opportunity yep. to place like that. But, again, I think Riddick's the way to go here in, in Calgary. And, obviously, we know where we're going in Winnipeg with goaltending. Well, yeah, and, and, and the thing I like about Hala, but I don't know a more goalie that plays his angles than him. He just, he knows where, he's so reactionary, you know what I mean? The puck in the corner. Yeah. Well, he thinks two, two spots ahead. ahead. Yeah, he, he really makes it easy on himself. Exactly. Like, that, that's exactly. probably the reason why he isn't touted as a better goaltender because, I mean, statistically speaking, He's phenomenal, but he's just in the right place at the right time. He's very similar to Carey Price, where like Carey Price, yes, he isn't, is. he's not making uh, like highlight saves very often, but he's just always in the right place at the right time. And and that's Connor Hellebuck. He's a big body, and he knows. You're right. He probably is the best. If if we're you know Carey Price, Connor Hellebuck, that's that's a good a good name to to be in when it comes to guys that that shut off the angle. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to goaltending, there couldn't be a bigger gap in in what we're looking at, and it definitely is huge. Jets' advantage on the goaltending side of it. How much of an advantage that actually will play out in a five game series with these teams rusty and coming in, you know, yeah. after after such a long layoff? Uh, we we did see in the beginning of the regular season, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, has struggled in the past, and so that you know, that's no, always there. Human. Yeah, that's always there. And uh, Calgary has certain players who can get into goalies' minds. We know who all I'm talking about. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not too hard to figure that one out, is it? <laughs> right. Yeah, I will say though. Back to the goaltending. There yep. is, I think. Outside of Carey Price, I think Connor Hollebuck is the one guy I look at who could potentially steal a five-game series very easily for a team Absolutely. that, yeah, for a team that again doesn't have the most solid defense, and they're going to try to you know play physical, play everything up front in terms of you know trying to get their snipers activated. So you know they're going to rely a little heavily on uh, Connor Hollebuck to maybe steal a game or two here. You see, the key point here, and I don't mean to be rude to Riddick, but. If these two teams play like they're capable of getting, getting wild ho- hockey, and they do, Calgary has Riddick and Winnipeg has Hallibur. Who do you think is going to score more goals? That's a great point. Yep, that's a great point. <laughs> um, for a team that through 71 regular season games has two 70-point guys, two 60-point guys, and a fi- and almost another guy with, with 58 points in Ehlers. I mean, you've got five players that can really put the puck in the net and, yeah, and, I, and do I some love damage English. on the offensive offensive side of the the game whereas Calgary of course is you know they're a little bit different they really have their one line and outside of that there's not a whole lot that you're nope. really afraid of so you, nope, you're you kind of looking got. for offense from you know from the whole entire crew and exactly I just I don't see this 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 series is for being an eight nine you know, it's supposed to be like, wow, these two teams are so even, and um, I don't think they are. And and really, I mean, are the the Jets are so 
underrated in terms of where they stacked up because of the injuries they had on defense early on. In the and, that, and let's face facts, they're probably in, they're in a lot harder division. They have to face St. Louis. They have to face Dallas. They have to face Colorado. That's Yep, that's a good point, too, in a totally different division. The, these two teams did face off against each other once in the regular season, yep. and uh, I believe it was it was Winnipeg. Jets in a shootout. In, a shoot, in, a, in overtime. They, uh, Brian, Is it overtime? Brian okay. Little won the game in overtime, and that's really the last thing Brian Little did uh, because he, he was in he – you know, he only played seven games all year. And that's that, I mean that's another huge it's addition another that the Jets are going to get back. Likely, uh, absolutely. They they still the last thing I could find about Brian Little was about three weeks ago, and they said that he was you know the the typical well, he's on the road to recovery he might play. To me that says he'll play. Uh, why well, why wouldn't you try and get him into yeah. the lineup if you can? And that really gives you a top six forward who probably isn't going to play in their top six. So it just gives them all the more depth. Uh, a guy who, you know, he's he's a 50-60 point guy when he's healthy. Yes, he and, is. And what an addition that can be, uh, plus all the defensemen that you're getting back outside of Big Buff, not getting him back. Yeah, not returning. And that's, that's a good spot to transition to uh, when we talk about defense, right? We know the losses that Winnipeg has had, you know, on the back end, obviously. Yep. You know, Jacob Truba going to the Rangers. Big Buff's been out for the whole season, uh, holding out. Obviously, the they've terminated their relationship at this point. And so, um, you know, I have to say, from the beginning of the season till now, obviously, I've seen this defense on the Jets improve a lot more um, than I actually thought they probably would have throughout the course of the season. However, on Calgary, and this is where I want to get your opinion, because this is a, a defense where, you know, if they're all playing at their peak, this can be a very, very dangerous defense. I mean, you've got a it's lot a of... nasty defense. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a lot of big names up there, and so I'm curious, especially when you have a few guys that are, um, you know, coming up on UFA status, how they're going to pan out, how they're going to play, and maybe try to play for some contracts. Well, um... <laughs> And there's a point. This defense has been a huge disappointment this season. But the only bright side we have on defense is Villamaki's coming back. He'll be he'll be ready. Okay, uh, tell us a little bit about. I actually really have not watched him play. I know he's. I know he's. Uh, this is what is this is like his rookie season, right? This like, will be his second his season. Second year. Yeah. I I haven't really gotten a chance to to watch him much. Um, what makes him so dangerous? It makes him dangerous because he's all around defenseman and he's probably our nastiest hitter. And what makes him dangerous is he knows how to hit clean. That's always if you, if, if there's a player coming up and he doesn't have his head up, um, Villamaki will send him back to day. Has, back has to he been injured from. all year? Yes. Ah, okay. That's free, free freak accident in the off season. Beautiful freak accident. Oh yeah, I'm sure there was no oh, yeah. alcohol involved at all. Oh no, I hope not. <laughs> but with young kids, why well, he's 19? Um, yeah, 19, 21. I think he was. Um, oh, 21. He was. I can't even remember what the accident was. I think it was off. What they call the off? Uh, what do they call it when you when you're not playing off? Oh, just like an off season injury. Then eh? yeah, off season off injury. Uh, uh, training, off training. Off he was training, training okay. I think. Gotcha. Something like. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's that's always. Anytime you get a guy who can who can slot into your top six on defense, yeah. especially I mean, if that means that you don't have to play Michael Stone 
on your defense. Yeah. That's uh, that's always a plus. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, don't remind me of Michael Stone. Um, but um, Giordano and, and Hamannek and and Brody, we all know about them. But we also know that Hammer hasn't been very good. Giordano, I'll be honest, he hasn't been like the Mark Giordano he was last year. Yeah, 76 points in the Norris Trophy. Yeah, no, of, uh, no 76 points this year. No, yeah. he. I mean, 31 points, only had he had five goals. Definitely not, not looking That's, like the same offensive player that he was last year, especially yeah. on the power play, only with nine yeah. power play points. Well, our power play is awful, but then we'll talk about that next. But um, the key point is that defense—they have—they have a lot to prove. And if they're going to make, if they're going to make, if it's going to even be a remote series, they're going to have to play with, to what they can. And if they do, they can hold Calgary in. All right. If they uh, don't. Well, there's a problem. Yeah, yeah. It can it can be a, a real quick three game series if you're not careful. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting four. Four games. Four game Jets. I'll, I'll say that right now. If, uh, but, but if that defense doesn't do what it's told, and, and, and there's something that the main problem was, in, and it's the big bird in the closet, whatever you want to call it, and that's the Peters situation. It, when he started off as, as a head coach, the team never recovered. Yeah, after he after uh, he left and after he left, you know, and the way he left and now I don't know if there was anything that went on here in Calgary. I I was never told that, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, I, uh, I I think too. Now that we've had such a break, uh, I think that that's probably a really good thing for the Flames. Is that that's night, the one good thing? You know, yeah. you're separating yourself from all that's happened. You get, I mean, every everyone in these playoffs, you you get a giant reset button. And I, th- I think that especially for the guys who have struggled, like Giordano, like, uh, you know, uh, TJ Brody and, and Hamannick. I mean, defensively speaking, this team is just not – the Flames has n- have not gotten a lot of offense from their back end. Well, no, and, and that's the main problem. And the other problem is, is that they made – during the game, they would make at least one or two mistakes – and those, then those mistakes can be very costly. <laughs> when you got a great B, B plus goalie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a guy you can't rely on as much. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that can, you know, that can be a problem. If you don't really trust the guy that's back there to do his job, then you're playing a different way than, you know, with Winnipeg, they know they can take some chances and they, they know who oh, they yeah. have back there. <laughs> they have back there. They have him. Calgary's not able yeah. to take the same amount of chances. Um, um Offensively speaking, for the Flames, uh, I, I think we all know Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, and then Elias Lindholm and his his rise to uh, to kind of Fame. being a yeah being a significant top line player. Uh, we all know those those four players on this team. Uh, talk to us about a couple people that you would like if the Flames are going to win this series. Who on the offensive side and from their forwards? Are youth seeing that you know? Hey, this guy could have this guy could be like an X factor. Maybe nobody's looking at them to to kind of take this rise, but you know, maybe they they've looked good through the regular season and like they just hadn't produced uh, anybody on the Flames that you look to like that. Uh, the bread man, 
I can't pronounce his name. He's known as a bed man. He's number 88. Mer, Merjani. Or oh, Mandrapane. Thank you. Uh, you can't, the kid is outstanding. I mean, he's... And once he got put on that second line, he's really connected well. And there are times he got put on the first line and Lindholm got put down to the second line. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's he's that good. And what makes him that good is his speed. Um. Yeah. He's so he's also fast. the bread man, him and Artemi Panarin? Yes, stole exactly. his nickname? Is that right? Yeah, we, can, <laughs> yeah we, we call him bread. Yep. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, what a, a guy who's who's – coming up maybe playing in your top six they took them 166th overall in 2015 oh yeah uh, what a what a nice little little pick there that maybe makes up for sam bennett yeah. <laughs> if anything can ever make up for sam bennett i don't um, i love <laughs> sam bennett don't get me wrong but every time i talk about sam bennett my blood boils i'd like to hear your blood boil so talk about sam bennett <laughs> for a minute the main problem that I have with Sam Bennett is I love his heart and he fights and he fights like cats and dogs, but he makes these stupid, stupid penalties. I mean, somebody will be coming down the, down the ice and instead of skating with him, he'll trip him. Yeah. He, no does, he doesn't really no play reason. very much either. So, you know, 12 no. and a half minutes a game, you've got 36, 36 penalty minutes. That's no, eight, eight, 18 penalties that he took in, in uh, what what fifty two games and really he's on the ice for a quarter or a, a fifth of a game. That's not great, you know. That's no, you're, it's you're not great. It's, taking over a penalty every every sixty minutes. It's uh, you just describe that. And now now your answer, like you want somebody who really is really underrated. His name is Derek Ryan. I don't know if you guys know very much about him. Um, probably the best fourth line center in the game. He does everything. Wow. Okay. Yeah, came from Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah, he came from Carolina. He's the heart of the team. Him and Tushuk. and it's kind of funny when I say this because, of course, it's a Canadian city. But our two best player, our two biggest players with the bigger hearts are both Americans, Tushuk and Derek Ryan. There you go. And the reason why Derek Ryan is what he is is because he does everything. Yeah, he's kind of a a late bloomer. You know, he didn't he really play is. his rookie season until he was 30 years old. Uh, yep. And and he, he played well. He got a free agent contract. Actually, I mean, last year, I know it's not too crazy, but he was 29th in Selkie voting. So for yeah, a fourth-line well, guy, obviously he's on the penalty kill for the He's uh, on the penalty flames. kill, and believe it or not, he plays on the power play. I did not know that he played on the power play. Yes, he's that played on the unit. power play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of let let's let's shift let's go to the to the, our special teams here. Both both these teams are, I'd say in terms of at least overall percentage, both teams are are okay. Uh, the Calgary Flames are the, have the twelfth best power play at twenty one percent, and the Jets at twenty and a half percent, rank fifteenth. So both really tight on the power play oh. on on the PK. That's really where they get separated. The Flames uh, at eighty two percent. Coming in with the eighth ranked penalty kill and the Jets, which which obviously speaks to Derek Ryan as the the center who's who's centering that top yep. PK line. The Jets not so much, seventy seven percent on the power play. They're twenty second in the league, and uh, there's there's only a few teams in the playoffs that are that have that had a worse pow- penalty kill than the Jets. 
talk to us yeah. about the Flames power play. You did mention earlier that the Flames had a bad power play, even though they're they, they are ranked twelfth in the league, so they can't be the that bad. <laughs> well, well, the second half of the year they really improved, but the beginning they they would string they they were disorganized. They didn't really know what they wanted to do. And the moment that they put Tushuk and Goodrow on there, it clicked. And Tushuk is just, he's the best player when it comes into the garbage. He's just, I don't know how he does it. He gets the puck and there was a goal on the power play that he scored against the Preds where he put it between his legs and in the top corner of the net. Well, I will say, I mean, (laughs) Listen, some guys can make their their life in front of the net and guys that have good hands and are willing to take, you know, that cross check in the back, take a little of a beating. And a guy like Matthew Kachuk is one of those guys who who oh, yeah. really doesn't mind, you know, taking an extra hit or another little poke in the back um, oh. to make his living in front of the net. And he's done a, a very good job of it and obviously it shows when you talk about the power play that the Calgary Flames have and so um, you know, my other concern uh, you know is Obviously, we know what's what's on that first unit. When you got guys like Kachuk, Goudreau, Monahan, to me, it's it's going to come down to you know that 30, 45 seconds that maybe the second unit will get. Uh, and that's where Michael Backlund comes in, and he um, he's a second line center that really shouldn't be. He's a fantastic third line center. He was almost was considered up for the Selkie, and that's where he's going to have to learn to step up. If he can step up and be that player that he he's capable of, like he's capable of scoring fifty or sixty points if he plays his game. Yeah, I mean he he's career highs fifty three points, and and you're right. I mean he was fourth in Selkie voting a few yeah. years ago, thirteenth two years ago, and eighth last year. So I mean, uh, he's you, you want to talk about? I mean, if you've got that's Derek Ryan and um, and Michael Backlund both as your defensive centers I mean you're doing pretty good I mean maybe the Flames oh, yeah. do have the two two of the best in terms of a, a, a two-headed monster defensively well, speaking uh, they do and they have the capabilities of that the problem is they just what's the word I'm looking for my problem is, my problem is when I was de- I was born deaf so I have a hard time connecting the right words to say no worries but but um, the thing is with them, they just need to get their heads in the game. They need to want to do it. Yeah, and I think maybe they're too um, – obviously we know the center depth that Calgary has, and obviously I would probably take that over you know, what um, you know, Winnipeg has in terms of center depth. But I think where the difference is, and maybe this is where guys like Backlund and, and Derek Ryan could use a little bit of help, it's on the wings, right? Obviously, yes, yeah. you know – we don't. Yeah, I mean, right now you've got Milan Lucic playing third line left wing with Derek Ryan. Exactly. And how much production are you really going to get out of a guy like that when you can look at, you know, look on the flip side and go to Winnipeg, and you've got, you know, you know Nick Nick Ehlers playing, you know, wing on the second line, and and a little bit of, you know, Matthew Perot's playing wing on on the third line for Winnipeg. So, I mean, a lot more depth there, you know, to play with versus you know a team like Calgary that you know outside of that top line. Is kind we of, don't have yeah strapped for for talent. Is that we don't have a Connor? We don't have a Liney. Right. Well, I we wish don't I, have, we don't we don't we don't have a Shisley on the on the center. Well, yeah, I'm sure and, every team would love to have a Liney for sure. Oh, <laughs> well, exactly. But there's one guy in the Jets that no, that you guys haven't mentioned enough, and that was the guy that was injured. You know who the, the real heart is? Is Little. Yep. Yep. Brian Little, Little is he, he's their heart. 
He really is. He does everything. I like, He doesn't back down from anything. Well, and he can play up and down and, in the lineup. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. He can play anywhere. You put him anywhere in the lineup. Another guy, too, for the for the Jets who really – he only played eight games uh, for the Jets this year uh, because he was sent over in a deal, and that's Cody Eakin. Cody Eakin is is a real nice third-line center, and he – you know, that's probably where he where he ultimately slots for the for the Jets. Oh, uh, and it cost him a fourth round pick. Yeah, and I mean he's he's done he's done okay in the playoffs. I mean he uh, a couple few years ago for Dallas he had eight points in thirteen games. Like he can he's he can be relied upon to at least you know be defensive. He can take faceoffs. He's got in the playoffs. He's got a fifty two percent faceoff win in the in the playoffs. We, so he's somebody you can put in there and. Come in, win a draw, and send him out. I mean, he doesn't—he doesn't need a whole lot of time on ice to do what he can do, and that's—that's that's be a good defensive center. So, I mean, I think I think we're starting to see a trend here point. that Excellent that point. both these teams have quite a bit of defensive forwards. I mean, even we were just talking about Brian Little; he's another guy who you can definitely rely upon defensively. Uh, this team, both these teams, are loaded with guys who are responsible on both ends of the ice. The key, the key point in that that part is what you were bring up, Paul. Is you go ahead and look at my center's stats. There's one guy over fifty percent, I do believe, and that's Derek Ryan. We are we're very weak when it comes to faceoffs. Yeah, well, uh, Sean Minahan is fifty two point six. He actually yeah, leads, well, leads the team, but what is he? Yeah, yeah, wow. and uh, Sam, I got that stat wrong. I'm Sam Bennett at fifty one point <laughs> seven. That's okay. He uh, he did take by far the most faceoffs too. But yeah, I mean I, to have two guys over fifty two percent, two year like to the two guys who are taking the vast majority of the faceoffs. Uh, Lindholm and Backlund. Backlund definitely struggles in the in the faceoff circle, and and then Janikowski only at forty four point eight percent on on four over four hundred tries. So that's. That's not so great, but yeah, I mean, I guess between Monahan and Ryan, you're probably in the playoffs. You're going to have those guys take the vast majority of your draws and and kind of set yourself up that way because you can't yeah, afford. Like, I mean, you can't afford to lose even a draw in the five game series. Absolutely not. You're absolutely. And like I said, I our strength is our centers, but I still like Winnipeg's forwards by far over us. It's just. I uh, maybe I, I feel bad because I'm supposed to be a homer, but you got <laughs> yeah, you're you, you the flames guy of, who who uh, <laughs> is down on the flames. I guess. I, uh, well, I'm not completely. It's just not down on. They're just Winnipeg. Just is a better team. Yeah, I just think Winnipeg is underrated. They probably should have been in a position where there were at least a a six or a five seed here, but because of the because of the the brutal start they had by no fault of their own, they just were had injuries. so many injuries. They lose their star defenseman because he wants to go fishing instead of playing hockey. Like, what are you gonna do when you run into that? It's just there's nothing that you can do to make that better. Uh, and now they find themselves at least fully healthy, still without. Their best defense. I mean, Bufflin isn't coming back. Uh, I guess so. Josh Morrissey is your guy uh, in the game. I love Morrissey. Though. In the game, uh, it was early in the season. Granted, you know, we're, it's like October 26th is when the Jets and the Flames played. Uh, yep. But Josh Morrissey played 29 minutes in that game. Mark Shifley played over 24 minutes. Like these guys are going to be leaned upon in this five game series. I think that 
across the board for most teams, you're going to see the, the, the top six, especially the best centers on each team. You're going to see these guys get 22, 23 minutes a night uh, because you have nothing to lose. Like you, you can't lose even, you know, if you, you get down two games, you're, it's going to be real hard to win three in a row right now with, no, with the inconsistencies of, of yeah. coming back after being on such a long layoff. That's exactly right. Um, but I liked what Justin was saying at the beginning of the show about uh, when the Jets that they're, the goaltending, I love the goaltending, and I love what you said about the defense. Yeah, just There's just too much Jets and not enough flames. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that, that kind of goes back to Mark's point is, like the Jets maybe should be a five or six seed here, and yeah, they you know, should be. Yeah, and had you know Paul Maurice had, you know, had his full defense, or you know maybe had more time to deal with the loss of a guy like Bufflin uh, to really kind of prepare this team and get you know this defense going for. I mean Calgary, most of their D, they've been playing together for a couple of years, you know, if not more. Yep. Whereas most of these guys on the Jets blue line, you know, outside of you know Kulikov and uh, you know Morrissey haven't been there for very long so you're you're kind of starting a little bit more fresh you're trying to get these guys to to gel together and when you you know only compare two guys together on the back end and try to find combinations that work with a lot of inexperience it maybe takes a little bit more time and so you know had they you know had a start where you know their defense was working and clicking as it was towards the end of the year we'd definitely be talking about the Jets maybe even a possible top three you know maybe Dallas gets kicked out of that 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 four spot there so well, I think they're a better team than Dallas, but that's just an opinion. <laughs> yeah, da- well, and Dal- Dallas, the thing about thing about Dallas, they just, I mean, they they definitely play a much different style than I think what Winnipeg would want to play. Winnipeg played weird style early on. Um, one thing I'm I'm looking at right now between between the Flames and the Jets, the Jets are have the fifth highest shots against, and the Flames the ninth highest. To me, that says there could be a lot of shots in this series. These well, there teams, will be a lot of shots. Both these teams are teams that, and they were 12th and 14th in shots for. So, I mean, we're we're going to see a lot of shots, I think, on net in these games, and uh, and it's probably ultimately it's going to come down to goaltending, and and Dave, David Riddich is going to have to have the series of his life. Which, in fairness, anyone can. I mean, in a yes. in a five game series, all it takes anyone is can. three or four really good games, and your team wins, and off you go. I like I. As much as we have maybe ragged on Calgary a bit, they they have the ability to win this series. Yeah, I think just more has to go their way. And they have to, I mean, there has to be some guys who step up and play better than how they played in the regular season. In particular, Giordano is going to need to produce. Are you going to need to see more out of, uh, more out of everyone in the bottom half of the lineup who... Uh, hadn't been able to score very often, so I, I think that's and in a, in a shortened series, you can you can get random production from players that had no n- nothing the entire regular season, and you can go in. All it takes, I mean, think about the the gravity of one goal in a five game series. You're probably talking if you if the series goes all five games, you know, you're talking your team's probably scoring around 15 goals. In a five-game yep. series, if you yep. you know, that's three goals a game. That's that's like probably even above average. So if you score fifteen goals, I mean, think how big each goal is. There, there's there's not going to be many opportunities, and so there there really is an air of 
just a total unknown. We haven't seen a five game series since. Uh, well, I never watched a five game series. Randy, did you ever watch a five game series? Yes, in I the did. NHL. Yeah, I did. Believe it or not, I'm old enough to believe it or not. Yes, I'm. I'm probably older than all three of you combined. So yes, the two of us combined. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think that you are. You're what? How old? You're you're thirty six, thirty five, and I'm thirty four. So, oh, you guys. That's sixty nine. Oh, <laughs> I'm well, fifty eight. So all right, all right, all right. So you're not but quite no, not quite double. No. The only way the Calgary is going to win this game in series is if Riddick turns into Gumby. Well, I will say. I mean. It is more than possible that any goaltender can go. Like we talked about, in a five-game series, it's easy for a goaltender to go on a hot streak. We've seen it many times in the NHL, three, yep. four games. They can get hot. Seven games, a little harder, obviously. But Remember, you know, Brian Boucher has the record for most consecutive shutouts. There you go. Anytime you want a goalie with a hot streak, <laughs> Brian Boucher. <laughs> five consecutive, I think, well, was shutouts. Guys, and you, who knows better than a hot, what a hot goalie can do than me? Think about the 2004 playoffs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Kipper. His name is Mika Kippersoff. Yeah. All season He's long. <laughs> well, and he and the, he in game six when we played Detroit, he went that long without giving up a goal. And he was like almost near 100 minutes in the whole series without allowing a goal. The guy was – he had a 1.69 goals against average most of the year. I mean – there you go. Yeah. I, know, yeah. I know what a hot goalie can do. So you're saying David Riddich needs to channel his inner Kiprasov for them he to does. win this series. He, he really does. And that's the only way. Like I said, I love the Flames, and, they, and they're capable of having a good team. They just haven't shown me that they're capable. What, they just haven't shown me any consistency at all. All right. So I know you said your prediction earlier. Are you no, you're sticking sure. with your Flames or your Jets in four? Yeah, I am. I really am. I hate to say that. I, I would love to pick the Flames. I'd love to see them win, but I just don't see it happen. So you're cheering for them, but if but professionally speaking, you're you're picking them to lose. That's right. Yeah. Justin, what's your uh, what's your prediction on this series? I'm calling Jets, but I'm calling a sweep. Calling a sweep. I'm calling a sweep. Yeah. Wow. Um, I actually I'm going the other way. I I think they. As much talent as the Jets have up front, as good as Connor Hellebuck is, I think some of that is thrown out the window in a five-game series. And I do think there are, the Flames have quite a few players playing for contracts. I think they can they can throw around their weight a little bit with the with the Jets. As much size as the Jets may have, I think we're also forgetting that Dustin Bufflin is no longer there, so that's not that's a threat. Right. You don't have to look over your shoulder for him coming across the ice. And I, I, I really think that there's something. I don't know. I maybe there's a Lucic effect. We'll see. I mean, come the playoffs, it's been a minute since he's had the opportunity to be in the playoffs and and have That's an true. impact. Uh, so I'm gonna pick the Flames in five. I think this is gonna be a very tight series. I think it's gonna be all over the place. We're, we're gonna see some maybe a shutout, but we're also gonna see some a game where there's just scoring galore. Uh, a 6-5 type of game. So I think this series is going to be really fun because both these teams have a little bit of a, like they can go on these crazy hot streaks and losing streaks. So I think we might see all that play out in one series. So I'm going Flames in five. 
Wow. All yeah. right. Well, I like your pick. I hope you're right, Paul. Ah, uh, there you I go. Did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I figured. I guess. Guess I figured you'd like that one, but yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. Well, hey, Randy, thank you for uh, for being on the show. What what kinds of what things are you working on? Where can people find your uh, the stuff that you write? Um, it's a it's a tongue twister. It's uh, flames. I I even have to look it up. But um, I'm mostly um, I'm connecting on to a um, website called. Um, Drive for Five uh, on Facebook, and they're in New York. Cool. And I'm gonna be and I'm gonna be blogging for them, I think, more often. And and I'm gonna be doing an NHL blog. I'm coming up with a draft blog, believe it or not, is what I'm work, looking on right working on right now. Perfect. And, uh, and and the reason why I'm doing it is because I got told we didn't know when the draft was, so I thought I'd better do it right away <laughs> yeah how, how well did that work out right? yeah yeah this and this draft will be an interesting one since nobody got to see any playoffs no memorial cup uh some so, of the uh, some of the tournaments were out so it'll be an interesting one for you so the blog is called flamester blogspot.com i do believe all right and it, well Flamester and people can find you on .com. people can find you on twitter at the fan blog and if you guys ever need more guests, I would love to. Uh, I, I had a blast. You're very, very easy going, and you made me feel more than welcome. So, well, anytime you. you need, anytime you need a guest, I would love to come on and give you guys as much support as I can. All right, awesome. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it, and uh, enjoy. You know the the hockeyless summer, but we're almost yeah. there. We all, yeah, we're almost to training camp. So oh, that, weird. It'll be so uh, weird. It'll be at least no matter how young or old you are, you've never seen anything like this, and you probably will never see anything like this again. Hopefully, I hope to God that we never see anything like this again. So I, I pray to you, and I'm wondering how many when when you play play this uh, podcast, I'm wondering how many followers of Flame fans I'll lose. <laughs> oh dear well hopefully you gain some flame fans and uh hopefully i'll gain some jet fans there there you go yeah they'll, they'll i'm sure they'll appreciate your prediction well thanks again for being on the show and thank uh, you guys i really appreciate it thank at, you for the opportunity absolutely we'll uh, we'll talk to you very soon thank you guys have a great day bye randy thanks bye-bye yep bye Well, that is Overtime Hockey Talk. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed Randy. And uh, we will talk to you guys very soon. Look for us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. And uh, Justin, any any final thoughts as we ride off into the sunset? Well, now that we're riding uh, off into the sunset and done with these playoff predictions here, I, I can't wait to maybe dive a little bit into the, the top four teams in, in each conference and really see how it kind of, I guess, ends up right with with all these preliminary rounds and yeah it'll be weird to see those teams all play each other and like the play, play like a little round robin between yeah. the three of them have they is that what they're doing yeah they're basically yeah. the the top four yeah they're just going to have some playing games and just to get their feet going so that'll be that'll be fun to see well and, that determines the seeding yes absolutely so like boston a team who finished with the president's trophy might not even finish number one could be and, a fourth seed right and a you know maybe a team like and it's going to be interesting too because a team like st louis for example you know, obviously they they know what they are. They don't really have to go in and you know play all their their top guys. You know, twenty minutes a game, they can maybe give these guys ease them back in a little bit more yeah. than some of these other teams. So it'll be fun. Yeah, who cares? Like, yeah, I guess who cares what seed you end up with? Because I mean, what I I I would say in the West, 
you don't really want well they're going to reseed everybody yeah so it doesn't really like it's just going to be a crapshoot because i'm thinking like well the four would definitely would probably play the eight nine that's how a bracket would normally if they didn't re if they didn't reseed people but shoot like let's say the jets win and they're the they're ranked eight and the jets eight or the flames eight Flames are eight. Flames are eight. Yeah. So the Jets. Let's say the Jets win. They're nine. But a, a one of the lower seeds wins. I mean, that's who that fourth team is playing. So you never know who where where you'll where you'll fall. So it's almost the games only matter as much as the conditioning of your players. So I would think that it'll probably be. I don't know. I guess it'll be like regular season, but not diehard regular season it'll just be like early regular season we're all getting our feet back not post. let's not try to destroy each other yeah not post deadline yeah nobody's angry at each other right now <laughs> i think we've all let everything go i hope there you go marchand hasn't but all right well that is uh, that's our show thanks for listening and we will talk to you guys